good to see you all again. Well, the majority of what we'll be uh, talking out of is Matthew 17, 24. Yeah, the, um, I just noticed I can't do two things at once, so talking and turning my Bible was difficult. <laughs> but I, I really appreciate y'all just worshiping with me. That was fun, wasn't it? You know, uh, just having the Holy Spirit just fall on you. I always pray that he does whenever we worship we get together that it's not a human led experience but that it's really the Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit leading things and that's why plans have to be flexible when you're at church it's like if it's time to you know walk around the sanctuary let's do it you know uh, if once you start getting used to just sitting in one chair every every Sunday you know, just if you start realizing I sit at the same chair every Sunday, just start sitting someplace else. <laughs> you don't, uh, you don't, God didn't make us in the mountains. You know, he, he gave us two legs uh, because we were meant to move. You know, we were meant to, to do things for him. And so we always got to be flexible and ready to do whatever he asks us. I always like the, the phrase that's like you were given two years and one mouth for a reason, right? Uh, to listen more than you speak. Uh, I like that. I kind of like that little saying. And so, like, uh, you're probably wondering about, uh, Dr. Joel said, I, I might talk a little bit more about uh, why, we, why we chose to transition the church uh, to, I hate to use the word closing because I don't feel like it's closing. I feel like we're branching off uh, and just moving on to different chapters. But that's what, that's what we're doing. Where for the, the for the rest of the month we'll be in here, and then in July we'll be in this room, and I think it's going to be fun. We all, everyone here, will fit in that room. <laughs> we will fit in that room. It'll be good. It, it'll be fun. We'll make it. Uh, and luckily the COVID restrictions are lifting, so it'll be all good. If you feel like wearing a mask, no one's going to point and laugh a lot at you. Um, no one's going to do that. It'll be fine. But it's, we have to be flexible as Christians to, to listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so we as a church have been praying, like, Lord, where, where, where do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? And when you come to the point where it's like, Lord, uh, we, are looking at, we, we are looking at uh, the funds you've given us and the, and the ability for us to keep moving, what do you want us to do? And, and I really just heard God say, bring up releasing people into what, they, what God has called them to do. So I didn't want to do it. I, I'm a chicken sometimes. You know what I mean? You ever get like, like oh, man, if I bring this up, we're going to actually do it. <laughs> and so we're at a meeting, and uh, I, I, I get emotional because I love this church. But I love following Jesus more. You know what I mean? I love following Jesus more than I like having church here because we could probably, you know, muster more Sundays in this building. But I'd rather follow what Jesus is saying. 
Amen? I mean, <laughs> so we, we brought it up and we prayed about it. And um, when you know you hear from the Lord, you feel peace, right? And we all, as we were praying, we just felt this peace, like God saying, it's time. And I'm the first one. I was really hoping for a big check in my heart, like, no, Gerald, no. And like Dr. Joel coming up and like smacking me in the face. What are you thinking? That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> but it wasn't. We all felt the same thing, right? We all felt the, this is the leading of the Lord. And, and so whatever I say, come Lord Jesus, have your way in us. Even if the road that we walk is different than we would choose. Amen? I'm just saying, I'm emotional because I love you guys. I love what we're doing. But I love Jesus more. Right? Oh, uh, you, you want Angie to talk? <laughs> Angie, come on. Get up here. You got something to say? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I got, I, um, I, when I plan, I forget my plans half the time, so <laughs> I've, I've asked Angie to give a testimony of whatever the Lord would, would say to her, and so, um, so thank you for doing this, thank you for being bold to come up, because like, I'm amazing, and it's real hard to follow me, um, <laughs> I, I, yes, I 100% forgot. Here. It, it's all good. Thank you. Were you worried what I was going to come up here and say then? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I would be worried if I didn't know I was coming up here. I have my phone for notes, but I'm not really good at doing that. So, um, anyway, Pastor Gerald asked me to give my testimony. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. And I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to talk about? Because I do have some really cool testimonies in my life, um, some just really neat things. So, anyway, um, he said, talk about, you know, when you came to BFC. So when 13, almost 13 years ago, Gregory, we got married uh, and moved up here from Illinois, Casey and I did. And I grew up in a Christian home. I went to church, you know, every Sunday. We were not involved in our church. My parents, we didn't do anything with the church. So this was kind of new coming to BFC. But anyway, it was more of a, a religious thing. You know, there was lots of rules. Um, if you didn't do all the rules right, you know, God wasn't going to love you. And maybe it wasn't, like, said specifically like that, but that was kind of how it was. And growing up, I didn't know any Christians who did anything bad. I hate air quotes, but there's my air quotes. Um, you know, there was, I didn't know anyone who, who drank or said swear words. You know, I, I, the, church we grew, whoa, the church I grew up in just had some very perfect people, I thought at least, right? And so I thought, well, how, I, I'm just not going to ever be that perfect. How can I have this relationship with God? How's he ever going to love me when I'm not, you know, this perfect person? So anyway, we went to church all the time. My mom, even when I was out of the house and married and divorced and had a baby, I still went to church every Sunday mostly, because if not, my mom would show up after church and be real disappointed. So I just went to church and it was the thing we did. And so when we moved up here, I said, well, you know, we got to find a church. And I, of course, love Jesus, but I still had this thought that like, if I wasn't perfect, he didn't love me or I wasn't going to go to heaven, either one of those things. So anyway, we went to a few churches up here when we were visiting and, and I was like, oh, no, they got some crazy churches up there. I don't know what's going on. So then we walked into BFC one Sunday and it was just like this, this calm. 
and I think I had already moved up here, I think. And so we moved 800 miles away. I knew one person in this whole entire community, which was my husband, who left every week to go to Illinois and drive a truck. So I, <laughs> are you clapping because you're my husband or? <laughs> I clap because he's my husband too. So anyway, I knew nobody. I had a seven-year-old little girl. We lived in a farm in the middle of nowhere in Georgetown, Minnesota. And so I would come to church and I would cry and I would cry. And that's how I spent probably every service for the probably the first year. So anyway, we walked in, it just felt like home. I was like, this is where we're meant to be. And so that first year, a lot of things happened, probably some of the toughest times of our marriage, of my life for those first few years we were up here. And um, I just started seeing people who were real, who loved Jesus and maybe, you know, had a glass of wine or maybe said a swear word when they stubbed their toe or something. And I was like, but they're like, I won't say leaders. I'm not going to say the leaders of the church were out drinking and swearing. But, you know, they were people in the church that were people of the church. And I'm like, they really love Jesus. And I just, through Pastor Ann, through Pastor Joe, through Pastor Gerald, and just all the people, Chris, um, came to realize that God wasn't expecting perfection. You know, he just wanted me to love him. And, and through that love, you know, I'm sure there's many things that he would still like me to work on and change about how I am. But to know that, that that love isn't something that I had to earn or be perfect for, but you know, that was, he, he, get, he already loves me. He loves me no matter what I do, no matter where I'm at, what I do. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing. And then the, on, the other thing that he really was putting on me is that this church closing, I usually am crying, but I gave all that sadness in that song. Thank you. That was, I was like, God, I don't want sadness over this. So quit the tears. I cry all the time. Cry baby bedwetter, right? So, um, I just, I said, you know, I told Greg yesterday, or whenever, Saturday, that um, I just don't want the devil to use this as an excuse for any of us to just think, oh, our church closed. I'm not going to find somewhere else. I'm not going to find that home feeling. I'm not going to find people who aren't perfect. I'm not going to fit in. I'm not going to find the people, you know, we have friends that have left this church that I'm still, they're my dear friends, and I, I pray they'll be my dear friends for the rest of our lives, you know, um, including you guys. You haven't left yet, but, you know. So um, I just, I think, you know, just to remind you that this is not um, something that the, the devil's going to use to keep you out of church. You know, there's another place, and I hope maybe we all find the same place and we all can still be together. But if not, you know, we, we run into people, you know, I, I just really am, am trying to put that peace and that not to worry about finding that church home and the next place we're going to be and the next place it's going to be, you know, accepting of me and my crazy mouth and all that stuff. So um, that's, I guess, it. And then since you made me forget, you forgot about me, I was going to start, I forgot my start. I was going to say, I was once in a gang. <laughs> Bob got it. Thank you, guys. No tears. Wasn't that good? So good. I can't believe some people say women can't preach. That was preaching. I could have listened to a half hour more of that. It was good. Uh, I appreciate everyone who's been giving their testimony. It's been super, it's been super a blessing to me, for sure. And I'm sure it's been a blessing to everyone else who's been here. Uh, Matthew 17:24. I, I haven't heard very many sermons on, on this uh, particular 
verse. So I'm like, if I haven't heard very many sermons, maybe everyone else haven't heard that many sermons on this uh, since probably uh, uh, being in Sunday school. But, uh, but so I decided to, to talk about this. So uh, let's, let me read through it, and I just want to kind of talk through it because I, I think there's some depth here. And when I read through this, um, a lot of times when you see a miracle in the, in the Bible, it's a, the story is about the miracle and what the miracle represents. This story isn't about the miracle. It's, that's, it's actually, it doesn't even go into the, the depth you would want to hear about the miracle uh, in, in the story, which, which is interesting uh, they talk about the miracle. You don't really see the miracle, but you know the miracle's going to happen because the story isn't about the miracle. Let's find out what the story's about. Uh, Matthew 17, 24. On their arrival in, in Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, Peter replied. Then he went into the house, but before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, what do you think, Peter? Uh, do kings tax their own people or the people they have conquered? They tax the people they have conquered, Peter replied. Well, then, Jesus said, the citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them, so go down to the lake and throw in a line and open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you'll find a large silver coin. Uh, take it and pay the tax for both of us. Amen. Okay, let's, let's start at the beginning of this verse. On their arrival to Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, Does your uh, doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Uh, okay, the temple tax is something that is used for the upkeep, you know, like when, uh, and it's usually paid around the same time uh, for, it's for the upkeep of the temple. It's paid around the same time when people would come and they would, uh, get a lamb for like around around Passover time, around the month of March. They would do this in the surrounding areas. They may come out in, uh, of the month or a month earlier and, and ask people like, "Hey, pay the temple tax." But actually, the tax isn't required. It's one of those things that are required but not required. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it, it, has your mom ever told you, "I would really like it if you cleaned your room." And w was that a question? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I would love it if you cleaned your room. When my mom had that sweet tone, I knew that it was not a sweet tone. I knew I needed to get in my room, and I needed to clean this place. And, and so, uh, so, like, it was required. It wasn't required, but it was required. Because why? Well, because if you paid the tax, you were a good citizen. You were a good citizen. Uh, and so anyone who is a good citizen would pay the tax. And what I also find is interesting, Matthew, the one who wrote this, uh, he was a tax collector. Uh, the book of Matthew was written by a tax collector. So Matthew, actually, uh, he's the only one who t brings up this story in the, in the Gospels. And I find that interesting because the tax collector remembers the tax story. Um, and, and so Matthew, who was loved, and I love, I love Matthew, and I love that uh, tax collectors were thought of as evil people because they were part of the community but then started working for the Roman government, so they were betrayers, and then they would cheat people 
uh, and they were, wouldn't only take tax, but they would take extra tax because that's how they got paid. So they, were, so they would go and they would cheat people out of the tax, and if you didn't pay, they would um, arrest you. So Matthew was redeemed when he became a Christian by Jesus. The Jewish people have shunned him. They would even, like, if they touched fingertips with someone who was a tax collector, they would go home and change their clothes. Some, some say would they would burn their clothes. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, but they hated these tax collectors so much. But Jesus called Matthew and loved Matthew. And Matthew remembered this story. That Remember, it's not about the miracle, right? So Matthew remembers this story about not paying the temple tax. So these people, the, the, the temple tax collectors, and if you were a good Christian, a good Jew, I mean, you would pay the temple tax. Um, later when Rome sacked Jerusalem, the temple tax was diverted from paying to the temple to paying um, uh, Jupiter, the god of Jupiter. And so they would still try to collect that temple tax and send it back to pay Jupiter. The, um, then it was like rebellion. I'm not going to pay the temple tax. And it became an anti-Jewish thing after 70 AD. Sorry, a little bit of information you didn't know, need to know. Uh, <laughs> but at this time, these people were kind of browbeating them into, uh, you haven't paid the temple tax, huh? And what's interesting, they don't go to Jesus. They go to Peter. Right? Like, why didn't they go, hey, Jesus, you going to pay the temple tax? Or do you, why, didn't, why didn't they go to Peter? I mean, why did they go to Peter instead of Jesus? Because Jesus outsmarts everybody. Anyone who talks to Jesus, you know, it becomes a learning moment for them, right? Like, every time they would come up to Jesus, so who do you, who do you pay ta- Do you pay taxes uh, to Caesar? And Jesus is like, well, what's on the coin, you know? Uh, well, Caesar's face. Like, well, give unto Caesar what is Caesar. Give unto God what is God. And so, it's, and so what's on these coins? It's, it's probably, uh, you know, it, it probably wasn't one that was used in the temple, you know. Uh, anyways, so, so th- they didn't go to Jesus because Jesus would have made it into a, uh, a teaching moment. They went to Peter, who agreed without thinking. I just got to say, I'm just throwing this out there as, you know, a teachable moment. Don't sign anything. Don't agree to anything without reading it, you know. <laughs> you don't want to get into a contract that's like two years long when you thought you were signing something else. Read the agreements you sign because he agreed to something that maybe Jesus would have said no to. Just, that, that's, just, that's just something I'm throwing out there for free. You don't have to pay for that bit of information. Um, but they went to Peter, and Peter agreed to do it. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus, we're going to pay it. We're going we're to pay it, right? <laughs> and, and so, anyways, so he says, yes, he does. Peter replied, then he went into the house. So they bullied Peter. Peter said yes. But before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, what do you think, Peter? Did kings tax their own people or the people they have conquered? Well, anyone who ha- uh, who's been around during April, you know, knows we get taxed a lot. You know, I kind of wish our, our king didn't tax us as much. Uh, but back then, no. They wouldn't tax 
uh, people of Ro- who, who had Roman citizenship would had special privileges, right? And there are certain places uh, in the world like that if you were born in this place, you would automatically be born with Roman citizenship. Like if you were born in Rome, you had Roman citizenship. Tarsus was a place. That's why Paul of Tarsus, he had Roman citizenship. That's where, when uh, one of the things he, you have as a citizenship is to be able to say, uh, hey, your local government, I, I want to appeal to Caesar. So when they went to go whip Paul, um, he, he has been whipped and stoned before, but at any time he could say, uh, no, I would prefer to go to Caesar. And if they hurt him, uh, before he had his opportunity to give his um, testimony before Caesar, they would come and they would kill those people. So, like, when, when they were beating him and, and then he got sent into the prison uh, and he's like, hey, I'm a Roman citizenship, and they all freaked out, like, oh, oh, we beat him. Oh, no, we thought he was just a Jew. Um, and they tr- then they were, like, treating him real nicely <laughs> because they all could get killed because they gave him a punishment. Uh, not knowing that he had the ability to appeal to Caesar uh, or waive that right. We have rights too. It's probably a good idea if you all learn our rights. But anyways, uh, but what is saying here is, is that they're free. Jesus said the citizens are free. Freedom comes through citizenship. In John 8.36, it says, So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Uh, in Ephesians, it says, in him, through, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore... Uh, not to be discouraged because of my suffering for you, for you, which are your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray uh, that I pray that our glorious riches in him may be strengthened you with power through his spirit in the inner being. Ephesians 3.12, in him And through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. You know, what is citizenship in in the kingdom? In him and through faith in him, through Jesus. It's intimacy. It's not being born in a certain village someplace because of where you were born. It's not being born in a Christian home. That's not it. It is intimacy in Jesus. It's faith in Jesus. It's knowing Jesus. It's, um, you know, you can dress up and look like a Christian, you know, and you can take on the characteristics of Jesus. I, I once had an argument with a, <laughs> I got hired by this church to run their youth group, and the first, the first Sunday school I taught the old guy who was teaching it before me, I talked about how you had to follow Jesus and how he was the way, the truth, and the light. I just gave a basic gospel message. Uh, and the, the, the person was the previous like, principal of like, the high school in the area. The guy was intelligent, well-spoken, dressed nice, and smelled like Old Spice. The guy was great. 
Um, <laughs> you, you, you got the image in your head of this, this guy? And he's like, well, only if you believe in Jesus? I was like, that's what it says here. You know, <laughs> I'm not making this up. And, and he's like, so do you think that Muhammad, after all he did for everyone, how he, the revolution he brought, uh, he, he went to hell? And I was like, man, I hope not. <laughs> you know, like, like, I don't want anyone. I don't want anything to happen to that guy. Seems like a real swell guy, you know, from what I know. But you got to have faith in him. You have in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Just acting like a Christian, being walking in, in such a way that everyone, look at that guy. He's amazing. That doesn't make you a citizen of heaven. Being the one who acts good doesn't make you a citizen of heaven. It's when you have, when you're in him and have faith in him. The bum on the corner who, whose life got ruined because of mistakes he, he made, if he bows his knee and bows his head and, say, and puts faith in Jesus, it is, it is a citizen of heaven. Before someone who dresses nice and acts nice doesn't say the naughty words, you know, has a full bank account. You know what I'm saying? There's intimacy with Jesus. I mean, it doesn't start, I mean, it doesn't stop with just knowing him, which is great. We get to continue to know him better. And as we get to know him better, we change and we transform. What these people were doing were that they were saying, you're a good citizen, you're a good Jew if you pay this fee. What Jesus is saying, you're a good citizen, is if, you, if you're a citizen. <laughs> you're a good citizen if you're a citizen. If you have faith, the intimacy with him, that's how you're good. That's how you're free in him. You know, there's, and what's interesting is Jesus said, okay. We're going to pay it. The, Jesus does stuff that he doesn't have to do so he doesn't offend people. I find that awesome because sometimes people are like all about the offense. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to say that I'm going to do this no matter what you think. It's like Jesus purposefully is paying this fee he doesn't have to pay so that he can continue to minister to people. Right? I think sometimes we think we got to point out people's faults. Like, because we know the truth and we're going to tell them the truth right away. You know, every time I talk to my mom, this is true, and I'm, I'm not wanting you guys um, to feel sorry for me. If you do, um, write out a check. That'll be the best way to feel sorry for me um, is money, money. Um, but, <laughs> um, but every time I talk to my mom, the first thing she brings up is like, Gerald, you got to lose a little weight. 
She cares about me, right? But it's super annoying. And, I, and I'll be like, oh, my phone, oh, it's breaking up. It's like, you got AT&T, Gerald. It's not breaking up. <laughs> Folks, don't make that noise anymore, Gerald. But, like, the first thing she talks about is my faults. Like, Gerald, you got to lose some weight. And I want to be like, man, mom, you got to stop talking mean to people. <laughs> but I don't. I usually just take it. And then we have a nice conversation, and she might bring it up again. Christians are horrible at pointing out people's sins right away. Like, and it's like you instantly, the moment you point out, you offend someone, you, I'm not saying, uh, like, Jesus can be offensive. But I, Jesus can be offensive to people. But if the first thing you do is offend them, then you just destroyed the path you were taking to preach the gospel. You can either make a way for the gospel or you could destroy the way for the gospel because Christians are great at this. Like, you're going to hell. It's like, thanks, see ya. <laughs> Thank you for pointing out the direction I'm going because I'm still walking this way because you're a jerk. It's like, don't. It's like Jesus literally paying it just so that he's paying the toll to talk the gospel. That's all he's doing. He's doing it to share so that, okay, people aren't going to, you know, instead of, he's looking right instead of sinister in, in their eyes. You know, he's not a good, like, okay, I'll pay the toll. It's kind of like when, when I first started at the church, um, they, they said I had and I hate this. They, I had to tuck in my shirt. Had to wear like real nice, real nice pants and 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 like shoes. I you know, I hated that. And to be honest, when I dress like that, I don't look nice. <laughs> you know, no matter how I tuck in my shirt, it makes me look like I'm all belly. It's like, well, hello, <laughs> you know, like, look at the guy with the giant belly. He's like, like I feel so awkward. It's, it's like, but I did it. I'm like, I felt like a clown. But, you know, if this is the price I have to pay that people feel comfortable around me, I pay it. I wear that. Some places I go, I don't. Because if I dressed like that, I would look sillier. You know, you go talk to, to, to kids skateboarding. I show up with a tie with my tucked-in shirt, all belly man. You know, if I wear red, I jump out. I say, cool it. You know, like, they would love that. No, they would think I was foolish. Like, I don't, whenever I talk to kids, I don't dress like that. I'd probably wear the rattiest jeans I got, you know. If I got some band shirt, I might throw that on. You know, it's, it's like, it's like I pay the toll to not offend them. Actually, in 1 Corinthians 30, 33, it says, if I can thank God for the food and enjoy it, why should I not, why should I be condemned for eating it? So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that they may be saved. What is that talking about? Well, they, the Gentiles had this process of, of they would buy the, you know, they had other temples out there, and they would do offerings to the temple, and then the temple would sell the meat afterwards. These were literal 
bulls that were sacrificed to other gods. And, but it was, and it was a part of worship to buy this stuff, and it was delicious. And, and, and then you're like, uh, the, like, Paul would come in and start talking to these people that weren't Christians, right? And then they would swear, bring out beers, and you know what I'm saying? It's like it was part of their, it's part of their culture. It was part of their culture to eat this meat that was sacrificed to idols. Um, and they would just eat it. Would Paul refuse and offend the whole crowd of Gentiles who probably made the best ribs ever? You know, no. He'd be, he would thank Jesus for those ribs and he would eat them and he would enjoy those ribs. And so, I mean, literally, he would do that. <laughs> it's like when he's with Gentiles, he, wouldn't, he would just bless those food, not care where they came from. What, is Apollo going to come down and, like, demon possess him? No, he's full of the Holy Spirit. And there's no demons coming after him. But if he refused the food, he would have no room to talk. Right? But when he's with Jews, he's not eating that food. <laughs> when he's trying to minister to Jews, he's not going to pick up the, you know, you know, the, the ground chuck from some, the Hotel Diana. You know? It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like he's not going over there doing that because it would be an offense to them. Is either one bad? He's like, no. But I don't do that stuff because I want to be able to minister Christ to them. That's what he's doing here. That's what Jesus is doing. He's like, I'm going to pay the fee. I'm going to do it. I don't have to do it. But I'm going to do it because I want to minister to them. And you're free too. You're free. He's, he's bringing down a principle that no matter if those Judges are judging them. The big judger, judges who are judging them are judge or stupid. You know? <laughs> no, he's just, saying, he's just saying that those people aren't the, the, mor the morality police over there aren't the ones who you should be worried about. The ones you should be worried about is Jesus. And if Jesus sets you free and you're saved, you're saved. You pursue that citizenship. You pursue the citizenship of Jesus who sets you free. And so, what, so he decides, you know, every piece of uh, all, all the riches in the world, who they belong to ultimately, belong to, to Jesus, right? They belong to God. Everything belongs to God. But we get to borrow it. <laughs> um, and so God decides to do a miracle here. And what, what he says to do is, God, it's not about the miracle because we never get to see the miracle. It's about realizing that sometimes for the gospel, you, you pay the fee. And realizing that we have to not take on that persona. You know, when you eat the meat of idols, you don't take on the persona of praying to idols. You're just there to, to sample the, the ribeye, you know, and to minister. Um, but... So don't take on the persona of the judger, judging faces. Um, you're free, but don't cause offense purposely. Uh, and so he does a miracle. And so let me read it to you. However, I don't want to offend them, so go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the, of the first fish you catch, and you'll find a large silver coin. Take it and pay for the taxes for both of us. And then we don't see the miracle. We just assume it happens, which is kind of funny. But, okay. I just want to say one, uh, one more point before I go. Um, is 
Jesus, like in your Bible, it might say drop a hook down. My Bible doesn't say this, it says drop a line. Um, does anyone here, just by hand, you don't have to read it. Does, when you're looking at your Bible translation, does it say drop a hook? Uh, a lot of them do. And he's talking to a commercial fisherman. And he says to drop a hook. Have you thought about that? This guy, you get in his boat right then. He, he, he fishes with a net. It's like, I, I remember one of my, um, my, brother, my brother-in-law, he works in a trailer factory in um, Indiana. And Indiana has a ton of Amish people, ton. And so every day this, this Amish guy would come and talk to him as he's working, uh, as they work together. It's like after work, he, he goes home and he, he's been plowing this field for like weeks and weeks and weeks. And the guy's just telling him how he's doing every day. And, and then he's like, how much, did you, how much did you do? And he told him the amount. And he laughs at him. It's like, because the Amish guy had a buggy and he had a little till. And so the guy was working like tons of hours to get this plot of field that my brother-in-law with his tractor would do in a night. He would do what this Amish guy's been taking weeks to do, hours of work. He'd get in his tractor, start it up, and he would plow the same amount in a night because he has a commercial equipment versus ancient equipment. Peter is a commercial fisherman. He doesn't need to drop a line. He doesn't need to drop a hook. He could just go get his net and get, a, get so many fish that his boat would sink. This is that guy. But Jesus like, don't. He, he says, drop a hook and get it. You know, when you're dropping a net, it's quicker. You get more fish. You probably can sell a little bit of that fish, get some money. You got fish to eat. It's more efficient. Right? Now, you're not doing one fish at a time now. You're doing, you're in bulk. But he tells them to drop a hook. I wonder if he was hiding from the other <laughs> commercial fishermen like, okay, Jesus, <laughs> you told me to do this. Sometimes Jesus asks you to do silly things. But you do it. Because he asked you to. Why, why, do you, why would you think that he would ask this commercial fisherman to fish like just any other guy? But what do you do when you fish? What do you got to do? You got to wait. Then we just sing a whole song about waiting. You throw, you throw the, the line in and you might reel it in. This one, you probably just kind of let it go. You might have tried some stuff. But you had to wait. And Jesus said the first fish that he caught would have the money in it. If he used his net, caught a whole bunch of fish, you know what he'd have to do? Yeah, check every one of those fish's mouth. <laughs> like, okay, 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 okay. You caught like 20 fish or 30 fish. Now you got to go through all these fish's mouth. But the first fish he caught was going to be his. When sometimes God will ask you to be silly when you think you know better. But even our greatest ideas are, are not as good as his best. It's not as good as his idea. It's not as good. You know, when you're fishing, he's waiting. And we can wait with anxiety, like, oh, man, I need that money. Oh, man, I need the money. Fish. No. 
There's no amount of you screaming at the water is going to make that fish bite. There's no amount of you can't like, it's like they have to bite it. You're not throwing a net over it and bringing it in. This is, it's, it's not you who's doing it. The fish has to bite. Right? You're not going to fling and the hook hooks in his mouth. It has nothing to do with you. It has all to do with the fish grabbing hold. In Isaiah 40, 31, it says, But those who wait for the Lord, and this is in um, the Amplified Version, it says, But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift up their wings and mount up close to God as eagles. Mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. You may look silly what God asks you to do. You may be like, why, why are they closing the church? Why are they doing that? You know, why aren't they doing the 10 steps to grow your church to a mega church in six months? And they, there's books like that. And I'm not going to lie, I have read them. <laughs> there's stuff that just makes no sense what we're doing. Oh, but what we're doing is we're following Jesus. Maybe in your own life, you're waiting for your fish to get caught. Maybe you're praying for a child. You're like, Lord, Lord. But if he told you to fish, you fish. You're waiting for that, for that job. You, you're, you're waiting for a healing. You can choose how you wait. You can choose how you wait. Do you wait who expect, look for, and hope in him? Sometimes things can feel, can feel like I should be doing something. I, sh I should be doing something else. I, I should be doing the smart thing. I should be doing the, the, the thing that makes sense. Why am I doing this? Well, because the Lord asked you to. The Lord said, just be their friend. The Lord said, hold your tongue. The Lord said, this, this is what I want you to do. And you do what he asks you to do. Even though you feel like you know better. Right? You know? Thank you. I'll end now. God is doing something in this church. Right? There's a season for everything. There's a season for everything. So, I say, I say it's a season for our fish. <laughs> And what's great is they asked Peter if, if Jesus was going to pay. They didn't ask if Peter was going to pay. But Jesus still paid for Peter. That's kind of nice of Jesus. He also didn't pay for anyone else. <laughs> it's like, he didn't pay for the rest of the disciples. He paid for Peter. But Peter's the one who went and 
put the hook in. Peter's the one who waited. Peter was the one who checked the fish, right? So you got to listen to the Lord, do what he says. Amen? He'll take care of us. He'll take care of you. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you're a good God. And I know that there's fishes out there uh, for each and every one of us. Lord, please teach us how to fish. Teach us how to fish for, for people to come into your kingdom. Lord, teach us how, uh, what we need to do uh, to accomplish what you want us to do in this world, Lord. I, there's people that have been waiting in their hearts for a lot of different things, Lord. I just ask that you give them hope in the waiting. Lord, you renew their strength as they wait on you. You fill them up with your power, with your love, because I know you love them, Lord. There's people that want to change in their life, Lord. I ask you, bring it to them. Uh, Lord, uh, bring, bring your power, bring your love into their life, bring direction into their life, Lord. I just thank you that even though your ways aren't always our ways, we, if we listen to you, we can still follow your ways, uh, Lord, because you love us and you, wanna, you want intimacy with our heart. You, you want us to love you with all of our heart. We just thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, God, God bless you today. Please sign up to go, um, go watch baseball. Um, you know, Dr. Jill's been putting it on for years. And can I tell you, I love hanging out with people. I'm not a fan of baseball, but I am a fan of people. Uh, I am a fan of hanging out with people. And normally there are some, like, cool little bags. I'm not sure if we're doing it this year, probably, maybe. But there's always little goodie bags. Um, that, so sign up if you don't have the money to go. It's just a cool fellowship time we're going to have. Um, the church will cover you if you are really going to go. Uh, if you don't have the money to go, but you still want to go, uh, we're not going to put any barriers between hanging out with me, uh, <laughs> uh, hanging out with each other. Um, so uh, please sign up no matter what. Just let us know uh, what, you, uh, what you can afford. Uh, thank you. God bless you all. Have a wonderful week.